fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. John Wright, it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It is a pre-Friday celebration, greatest day of the entire week. And boy, oh boy, we are swamped. I don't know that I've had so much stuff to talk about. And it's so hard to do and crammed into one entire hour. So we're going to do the best we can. Welcome into it. Great to have you along for the ride today. This is The Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, out of our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, it's great to have you along for the ride today. Bottom of the hour, Larry Barron's. He'll be joining us on the show. He's an energy expert, also author of his latest book, Sabotage. Yeah, almost like the uh, song. Sabotage, how Joe Biden surrendered American. <laughs> uh, that was bad. That was. I apologize. I apologize for that one. That was a big fail on the show. All right. How Joe Biden surrendered American energy independence. We'll talk about the energy market, gas prices, the ongoing issue with the Ukraine and Russia, how he's blamed that for the high gas prices while depleting our energy reserves and then saying, hey, Opet, can we have more? Yeah, we'll get to that all in just a little bit. Is this real, though? This has got to be a joke, man. I don't know. I think this is a lie. I, <laughs> It's got to be because if it is real, it is probably the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life, and this is probably not good optics for the city of New York City. With the ongoing swarm of illegal aliens coming across the southern border, and yes, I do mean illegal aliens, I know the Biden administration saying that right now there's no one illegal coming over. We've created the app and they get a two minute screen period for the military to look them over, make sure they're healthy, make sure they have good intentions, make sure they're not tied to the cartel, make sure that they actually have money coming in or that they have some type of proper sponsor that we can vet them. So they're not illegal anymore. They're just being processed at a faster rate to where we can't do a proper screening of them to make sure that everything's hunky dory before we allow them into the country. We do the two-minute screening. We let them in. Here's your card for your WIC benefits or for your Medicaid benefits or for your Obamacare benefits or for whatever. Here's your bus pass to go to whatever state that we decide to send you to, and off you go. Now, that being said, with the wonderful process that the Biden administration has done completely dramatically dropping the amount of illegal immigrants coming into the country, is that that true? Okay. Just making sure. I'm using the terminology that they try to use at the White House, Kareem Jean-Pierre trying to give us the facts on the on the daily basis, right? Giving it to us on the DL. But it's not quite working. With all of that going on, apparently, the city of New York City, which has classified itself to be a sanctuary city, which says that Republicans have been sabotaging the process by shipping buses of illegal immigrants to the city of New York City, no longer wants illegal aliens to be coming to their city. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They no longer want them to be heading out to uh, to New York and apparently have even gone the distance. Now, I want to preface this by saying I'm on the website right now and I don't see the flyer. However, according to Breitbart News, and I did a quick little Google here, and there are multiple news sources on the New York Times and Politico and Breitbart News. There are many resources saying that it's there. But I can't find it, so I'm just going to preface it that way on whether it's actual factual or whether it's... uh, You are fake news. Something like that. But nonetheless, according to BreitbartNews.com, 
There is a flyer being handed out to illegal aliens as they come in. I'm sorry, not illegal, asylum seekers, using the radio air quotes here. The asylum seekers that are coming in through the southern border and being shipped all over the country, there are flyers being handed out or planning to be handed out by Mayor Eric Adams, warning them not to go to New York City because of they can't handle it any longer and their resources are at max capacity. Now, I say that with a bit of humor in my voice because while they say that we need to allow more people in, this is not an illegal thing. No one's illegal. We can't have border laws. We just need to let them flood over and do whatever they want to do. We shouldn't be stopping anyone because then we're racist in some way, shape, or form. Those are the same ones right now that don't understand that that's what border towns and cities have to deal with every single day, not just a randomly when a bus shows up, but every single day, tens of thousands of them. Having been to the border just a few weeks ago for myself and seeing it, hat tip to Americans for Prosperity's Foundation for doing that trip and showing us, we saw the major tents where they had individuals flooding in after the ending of Title 42. We saw the parks, public parks in McAllen, Texas, where they had to shut down the public park and kids can't go and swing on the swings and ride down the, uh, ride down the, uh, uh, the, the, the thing and do whatever they want to do on the, at the park because there were so many people camping out at the park, they had to shut it down for safety purposes. They ran out of resources very quickly, but yet... There's a flyer being floating around the southern border in uh, uh, advocating for them not to go to the city of New York. And this is what it says. And it's bright yellow. Updates to asylum seekers from the city of New York. Since April of 2022, more than 90,000 migrants have come to New York City. Oh, yeah, but you're multi-million people there at the city. You should be just fine, right? They go on to say there is no guarantee we will be able to provide shelter and services to new arrivals. Housing in New York City is very expensive. The cost of food, transportation, and other necessities in New York City is the highest in the entire United States. Please consider another city as you make your decision about where to settle in the U.S. This cannot be true. I Now, again, I, if you Google this asylum, I'm going to do this again. Asylum, uh, New York, let's try this. New York, we're going to do this on the fly here. New York Flyer. Asylum Seekers. I'm just going to Google this right now and look at the news headlines. It's on Reuters. It's on Politico. It's on Washington Post, the National Review, the New York Times, the Washington Examiner, uh, BBC, Today Online. It's on all over. I can't find it on the website. You can go to nyc.org, or I'm sorry, nyc.gov, and you can go there. I click on New York City Resources, Categories. You go into Immigration. And then they have Asylum Seeking Resource Navigation Center. And I would assume the flyer would be on there. I can't find it. So I can't 100% guarantee that it's on there. But let's just assume for a second that it is. That this is a flyer they're handing out to illegal aliens coming across the border saying, hey, please consider another city as you make your decision about where to settle in the United States. As I say, the cost of food, transportation, and other necessities are the highest in New York City than they are compared to anywhere else in the U.S., Housing is extremely expensive, and there's no guarantee that we can provide any shelter or services to any more new arrivals. Which shouldn't deter the governor of the great state of Texas or Arizona or New Mexico to continue to ship buses to the city of New York City. 
just giving them a brief little sampling, a little taste, just a little breadcrumbs of what they get to experience on a daily basis, uh, which would be the real eye-opener for a liberal Democrat like Eric Adams, who completely despises Republicans and wants open border policies across the nation and especially at the southern border. But let's just say this is true. Could you imagine the publicity that is? Usually we have commercials of tourism for states saying, hey, come to our state for tourist attractions. Come and see our great landscapes. Come and see our camping locations. Do some rock climbing. Do some mountain climbing. Do some kayaking. Come see these really cool features that we have. Come see these big monuments that we have. Come see us because we want to bring you here. This is the campaign tactic that they now have is housing is way too expensive. Food, transportation, and other necessities are the highest they are across the entire nation. And we can't house you anymore because we're out of resources. Don't come here. (laughs) I find that ironic. And that should be a sign not just to illegal immigration, but to every individual that's considering on where to move across the nation to scratch their head and be like, well, that's not the best selling point for us to want to go to the Big Apple, which is the New York City, one of the largest cities in the entire world with how many people that they have and how that's supposed to be the heart of civilization right now when they're literally saying, don't come here the room is full. The, there's no more room at the inn. Don't come here any longer. I find that quite ironic. Welcome into the show. We got a lot to talk about today. Outside of that, what's trending today? Obviously, the other big news on the day on the docket is the fact that the Democrats are just crumbling. Obviously, their agenda's gotten to the point they don't want anybody else to come to their cities when people are leaving their cities and they still are out of space because they ran out of resources. Welcome to the socialist utopia and the social experiment that we see. But we also have just the Democrat Party in general crumbling to its feet. Now, I've said so many times on this show, because I'm the eternal optimist, And I try to bring positive news, even when there's a lot of shenanigans going on in the world right now, that I try to bring some positivity. And I've told you many times that with all the negativity that's going on in the world, all the scare tactics, the people that just feed off of the negativity in the world about all the terrible, horrible things that are happening. The reason it's all happening is because it's all becoming to light. And Donald Trump was one of the big, uh, whether you like Donald Trump or not, was one of the big factors of that going into Washington, D.C., overturning the tables and exposing everything, blowing the doors wide open on the uh, nice leather-bound, cigar-smoke-filled rooms where everybody did their deals and made all the backroom deals that we didn't know about that lied to us left and right about what the deals and bills were actually about. He blew that wide open to where there is no more secrecy in Washington, D.C. There is no more secret, deep-state quote-unquote Illuminati, elitism, whatever. They want to get back to it, but the more that they try, the more it's being exposed. The more that it's coming to light, the more that we're aware and watching of what's going on, and the only argument that they have now is to say, no, that's not true, that's fake news, that's not right. And when we start seeing real evidence come out, it's when they just start throwing things at the wall. Just It's the spaghetti to see how many spaghetti noodles they can stick at the wall uh, because they're desperate. That's why yesterday we saw the headline of Donald Trump. We're going to indict him on insurrection charges based on January 6th. What? What? I thought we already proved that he had nothing to do with that. We've talked to some individuals that are actually still in prison right now from the January 6th quote-unquote insurrection that had nothing to do with anything, and yet they're still in there as political prisoners. Not okay to have a system like that. But that's coming out at a time where we're seeing 
everything just unload. The regurgitation just the of all of the Joe Biden behind-the-scenes action of what they've tried to keep covered for such a long time through investigation after investigation, lawsuit after lawsuit, news headline after news headline to distract us about what Donald Trump's doing. So that way, these aren't the joy Joe looking for with what's going on with Hunter Biden. Uh, Glenn Grantham, a congressman out of the great state of Wisconsin, was on Newsmax earlier today talking about how this deep state is just in pure panic. Well, there certainly is a deep state, and it was very frustrating for our whistleblowers. And let me tell you, our whistleblowers are really putting everything on the line to come out here. They are both well-accomplished, years in the IRS, uh, very great employees, and they're putting all that on risk so the American public knows how crooked or part of the deep state is the Justice Department is. Uh, they were blocked again and again on the gravity of the charges that were supposed to be put out there, as well as the ability of them to investigate what was going on. As late as December of 2020, when President Trump was still president, they had what they call a day of action. They were planning on interviewing 12 people. The Justice Department tipped off the Biden transition team, and they wound up only being able to interview one of those 12 people. So it's a very scary thing. And like I said, not just the two-layer uh, two uh, levels of justice, but even more favoring Joe Biden and his son. Hmm. Telling you, everything's coming out. That was, again, Glenn uh, Grathman from the great state of Wisconsin, Congressman. And it's all coming out. They can't hide from it any longer. They can't ignore it. The truth will be exposed. The truth always comes out in the end is what our parents always used to tell us, right? This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. What's up? Welcome in. Happy pre-Friday to you. Let's carpe diem all over this place, baby. As we set the tone going into almost another weekend. All the information, all the facts are going to come out, and it's encouraging that Jim Jordan is heading up some of these investigative committees in the House of Representatives. He's been kind of the leading guy on a lot of these issues for a long time, and it's good that he's the one at the helm to take charge. And there's been concern from some on whether we're actually going to see any type of repercussion. Will we see persecution and prosecution? Will we see some type of indictment? Will we see some type of investigation on these Democrats that have lied the, the corruption, the fraud, the shenanigans that they pulled for years, and they've gotten away with it. Again, just the elite mentality of we're going to utilize the government for our own personal benefit, and no one's going to know about it. Don't worry about it. We'll just slide it under the rug here. And it's all coming to light. And we don't need to go through the details. We'll do it sporadically as the investigations continue on. You've been hearing a lot of audio clips uh, from other shows. We don't need to just regurgitate the same thing. Honestly, right now, the biggest fascination I have to me regarding all these investigations is the false faux pretend rage that the Democrats have about airing and, and showing publicly all of these pictures of Hunter Biden. I mean, if you go on to Tweety, which is hilarious to watch and look at some of these Democrats, they are outraged 
that were showing the pictures of Hunter Biden. In fact, Marjorie Taylor Greene did her presentation on how much uh, money that Hunter Biden had used for his extravagant lifestyle with girls, many of them underage, some of them prostitutes, and all the drugs that he did and all the lavish things that he tried to enjoy is the son of Hunter uh, of Joe Biden. And she showed some of those pictures that were blown up for the public display and the left losing their minds over it. Now, here's what I'll say. Is it graphically explicit? Yeah, it kind of is. Is it a little bit cringy to look at? Absolutely it is. I don't want to see any of that. But the left losing their minds. How dare you? We didn't learn anything. All we showed that you have zero standards to try and publicly display those pictures of Hunter Biden. How dare you try to mock him with something like that and trying to expose him when uh, he's in such a vulnerable state while he was on drugs and doing things with uh, underage girls? How dare you post pictures like that? And honestly, out of all of this, because we already know that he's guilty, we already know the Biden family is guilty. But for that to be the point, not to defend what the Bidens are doing, oh, this is a bunch of fake news, this is lies, it's not true, they're just making stuff up from two IRS whistleblowers that were completely ostracized, one of them being a Democrat um, who's openly said that he's a Democrat and that he doesn't have an agenda because he wants everybody to trust the IRS to know that everybody's being treated fairly and equally here, and both of them coming forward with these accusations. It's not about the content, it's about... I can't believe you're airing this content here and posting these pictures. And remember, this is coming from the side that was totally okay with Kathy Griffin posting a picture of a decapitated head of Trump in a picture because it's quote-unquote art and we're just expressing ourselves. It's totally okay with Madonna sitting at a rally with a bunch of people wearing pink hats saying that she's willing to blow up the White House. It's totally okay with a Broadway play that they just laughed off saying that it was artistic because it was the creative artist uh, 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 artistry of whoever made this Broadway play of the collapse of Rome and the attacking of the emperor where they dressed it up like new congressmen and women and the president that looked like Donald Trump who ended up getting assassinated in the play. They defended those for years and we had to deal with that garbage. While they said it was art, freedom of expression, And we're not even trying to do anything artistic. We're just saying, look at what your taxpayer money did to an extremely corrupt family that has ties with the Ukraine and has ties with Russia and has ties with China and has ties with Burisma and has ties with all of these different energy companies and what they were using that for illegally and what Hunter Biden was doing with that through his daddy, through the big guy. They're not even trying to discredit the information. Just gasp. You've sunk to new lows. I can't believe that you would actually air that stuff. How could you do such a thing? This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason meets radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today for the pre-Friday celebration. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation. One radio listener at a time on our multiple radio stations all over the place. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you hang out with us 
What's up? It's always great to have you with us. We'll get back to some of this uh, investigations out of uh, Washington, D.C. The truth coming out. There was also a censorship hearing, apparently, where Robert F. Kennedy just uh, testified earlier. And the Democrats don't like him very much either. They're calling him the saboteur against the Biden regime for the campaigns of 2024, as he is the second, I guess, in popularity in the polls uh, behind Joe Biden. Now, Joe Biden does have, obviously, the majority of the vote, but you got to lump in the fact that he's only getting about 60 to 65 percent approval on the Democrat side, which is odd as a rankings currently sitting president where you would think among your own party you would have better support than that, and over a third of your own party is already voting against you and not supporting you. If that's the case, then you can see how popular or unpopular he may be by the uh, American voter as a whole from Republicans and independents and Democrats altogether. Quite fascinating. We'll do that here in a little bit. But I want to shift gears and talk about, I guess, some of those policies as well and maybe why. What's trending today? Some of those lower popularity numbers. I used to have, I don't know if I still have that audio clip with me right now, but there was, uh, and we played it multiple times, with the media trying to uh, put the lipstick on a pig, so to speak, on the Biden economy, on how well things are going with inflation and the real estate industry and gas prices. And they're like, oh, inflation's only at 4% now. Now, that's, again, the 4% on top of the 9% we saw last year on top of the 7% we had seen the year prior to that. For the three-year Biden regime, we're sitting at near 15 to 20% inflation overall. Again, I, I ask you, raise your hand if you've gotten a 20% increase in your salary to compensate for that said inflation, but one of those prices is gas. And right now, we're in the heart of summertime. People are going on their summer vacations, trying to enjoy just a little bit. Gas prices are still ridiculous, and they're like, oh, well, at least it was better than last year, which isn't saying a whole lot, but they try to parade that around as that's a good thing. And at the, at the same time, yeah, at the same time, they're saying, well, We've depleted our energy reserves. We've just completed the oil reserves altogether. And it's all Russia's fault because they have all the oil and they're not sharing it. We're not going to drill domestically and become energy independent like we were at the end of the Trump regime. Uh, So we're just going to beg OPEC for more oil. And then OPEC says that they're going to decrease the amount of production they have on oil. And then they're not going to give us any more. So sorry, nothing we can do. Totally out of our hands as the federal government of the United States. It's kind of a weird position to be in, especially when you're trying to run for re-election, saying how great things are actually going. Excited to have on the program to talk about some of that and so much more. He is an energy expert. He's also author of the latest book, Sabotage, How Joe Biden Surrendered American Energy Independence. You can find his website at powerthefuture.com. Excited to have on the program, Larry Barron's. Larry, how are you, my friend? I'm I'm great, Andy. I couldn't say anything better than you just did. I'm going to Bottle that up and take it with me. That's great stuff. Oh, well, it's it's just frustrating because they they told us, and I, I had to laugh because when they made the announcement, what was it, last year going into the summertime, we're like, we're going to release 22 million, bar- or what was it, to 60 million barrels of oil out of the reserves, and that's going to lower gas prices. Correct me if I'm wrong, Larry, but don't we consume like 22 to 24 million barrels a day? So what they did really helped out for like three days of relief on the market. Like, oh, gee, thanks. Now we're back to normal, and now we don't have any more reserves either. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And, you know, it's the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, but Joe Biden used it as the Strategic Political Reserve to try to save his tanking poll numbers as gas prices shot up. And your point is very well taken. 
anytime you ask them about it, they'll say, look, it's so much better than it was. That's like the arsonist told me they only set five fires instead of six this year. It is nothing that is helping the American people. And I don't have to explain to your audience who understands probably better than most folks that when you have diesel fuel, prices go up. That means everything goes up. That means the bread in the grocery store goes up. That means the meat in the grocery store goes up. It touches everything in our lives. And so I would argue, if you want to look at why we have this once-in-a-generation inflation, it would absolutely be because Joe Biden has declared this war on American energy. Diesel prices have shot up and everything that diesel depends on, which is literally everything, has shot up with it. Yeah. It is very frustrating. What is the cause of all of this? I mean, we mentioned a few things, and they're using the excuse of OPEC not giving us more oil and the fact that Russia is holding on to it with this ongoing conflict and we've cut off trade with a lot of Russia. Is that a factor in this, or is it just because we refuse to actually drill independently here? So, sadly, it is a factor, but only because they made it a factor. Let me take you back in the time machine way back to the year 2019. I know it was really long ago. But if you recall, there were actually missile attacks, likely from maybe Iran, maybe from Yemen, on Saudi oil fields. You know what that did to America's price of gas? It did absolutely nothing because it didn't matter because we were energy independent. So is OPEC a part of it now? Yes, but only because Joe Biden has allowed them to be. Again, to use the analogy, they're whining that so much stuff is getting stolen from our house when they're the ones who've let in the burglar. Yeah. Is it true? Because they try to deny it and they say, well, it's not really true. That was a misinterpretation of the numbers. But was it true that by the time the Trump administration left office that we were independent? And for the first time, at least in the first time in a really long time, we were actually exporting oil out of the country instead of being an importer. Well, you know, we, we've always exported oil out. There's always allies that need it. You know, I think particularly like our allies, Japan and Taiwan, they always need uh, fossil fuel help from the United States. But the net exporter that we achieved under Donald Trump was historic. It was something that Democrats and Republicans used to agree on. We hated that OPEC controlled us. And now that we were able to export and still meet our own needs, it was fantastic. And, and I love it when we see out of Washington, oh, you're misreading the numbers. Really? I was misreading my wallet. I was misreading the sign on the gas station of what I was paying before, what I'm paying now. It is the same line on the Biden White House. Don't believe your old lying eyes. Don't believe your own lying wallet. Believe this guy who can't walk up the stairs. Well, that's true. The uh, truth is always going to come out in the end. And right now with the $3, $3.30, $3 plus right now at the gas pump with people trying to go on vacation is a telltale sign that, no, it's not back to where it was prior to the Biden administration when Trump left office with it just around, at least I remember, what $2, $2.10, I think, a gallon, which was uh, pretty darn decent. Uh, are we in a position, because they've released a lot of this off the oil reserves uh, that we had are we in a position that, God forbid, something happened that we have any more reserves left to handle a crisis, or are we pretty much bone dry now, do you think? Yeah, we're not bone dry, but we are definitely closer to the envelope than we've been. I believe the the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is at its lowest point since the early 80s. And folks have to remember, too, Joe Biden is counting on us to not remember history. Jimmy Carter set this up because he thought that oil was going to run out. Well, he was wrong, too. Joe Biden has drained it just to help his poll numbers. And so he's pushed us closer to the envelope, and it has made it so that if there is a genuine emergency in the United States, we have less flexibility to react. We have less flexibility in the Strategic Petroleum Reserve and less flexibility in our national effort to be able to create our own energy because he's just undermined the industry at every single point. I'll just give you like the, the top line statistics. In November of two. 
2019, the United States was producing 13 million barrels of oil a day. Joe Biden hasn't come near that since he was in office. It's been lower than that. And even with Joe Biden, he counts these uh, withdrawals from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. He counts that as production. That's not production. That's just oil entering the market. And so he has found so many ways to mess with the numbers, all to undermine or all to strengthen his green agenda because he knows that he can't survive, especially with a good, you know, uh, party challenge coming from inside his own party. He can't survive uh, not having his green agenda friends with him and their political support. So, no, he's not going to be drilling much anymore. Yeah. Now, but they tell us, though, that uh, that the uh, that the permits are open, that the oil companies can actually drill, that there's no restrictions on them right now, that nothing's a problem. We haven't changed anything, that they have all this opportunity to go and drill. They're just choosing not to do it, and that's why we're not drilling or producing as much oil as what we were before. Uh, is, is that true? Yeah, I, I, I love that stupid line out of the White House. They say, oh, you have 9,000 permits to drill. You know who else had a permit? The Keystone XL pipeline on January 19th, 2021. Joe Biden undermined it and took it a decade's worth of work all in one day. And so you can look at, first of all, anybody who's in the business knows having a permit does not necessarily mean you have ownership of the land that would be able to produce oil. You have to go through so many steps if that land will even produce. And a permit from the federal government is not their last say in whether or not production happens happens there. They know what they're doing. I could have a license to drive. It doesn't mean I'm driving a Lamborghini. The administration is lying to you because they're trying to hide their own tracks of their undermining America's energy industry. It is very concerning. We're talking with Larry Barron's author of the book Sabotage, How Joe Biden Surrendered American Energy Independence. You can find his website as well at powerthefuture.com. How much of this push for the green new energy of going all electric vehicles. I mean, I know they're trying to lock down on these auto industries, GM having all electric vehicles being produced by like 2032 and all this other garbage. Uh, How efficient is this going to be? Or do you think that because it's so inefficient and so darn expensive that it's going to blow up in their face and that we're always going to have this need and demand for oil production here in the country? No, we're absolutely going to need oil to uh, to make their dreams come true. See, that's the thing. They talk about these renewables, including EVs, but they don't exist without fossil fuels. It takes fossil fuels to mine the materials, to process the materials, to produce these materials. It is absolutely insane. You have to drive your EV, I think, well over 65,000 miles before it even starts to begin, maybe helping its quote-unquote carbon footprint <laughs> because it took so much to make it happen. But your point is exactly the right one. Here they tell us these EVs are the coolest thing ever. They're the most wonderful thing ever. And everyone is clamoring to get one. And yet they have to spend billions of our dollars to these automakers to build up. Ford is losing tons of money on every EV. And they have to force us to buy them. They have to set these mandates that car dealers have X amount of EVs on their lots in terms of a percentage. And so the question is, if these things are so popular, so wonderful, Americans are clamoring for them, why does the government have to force them to buy them? I'm talking to you on an iPhone. The government didn't have to force me to buy it. Mm, that's a great point. Larry, we got to take a hard break here. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Well, I'll be happy to. I love it. I love it. I'll continue the conversation when we come back here. It's Larry Behrens. You can find his website, powerthefuture.com. What do we get to look forward to in the future of our energy independence, energy industry here in the country? This we'll do that when we come back. Stay here. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason 
with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Good golly, it flies right on by. So much to talk about, so little time to do it. Hey, I want to tell you about my friends over at Americans for Prosperity. They are the largest nationwide grassroots organization in the entire nation fighting for you to help reignite that American dream. In the midterms in 2022 alone, they knocked over 1.5 million doors. They have 36 state chapters, and they have advocates in all 50 states that reach over 4 million individuals advocating with this organization, and you can be part of that. You can help out, reignite that American dream. That's why we're seeing people flood our nation over our borders every single day because they see still the streets paved with gold, the opportunity for everybody. We want that opportunity to stay alive, even though the other side tries to kill that off every single year in the legislative sessions all around the nation. Help reignite that American dream, whether it's through financial donations, whether it's actually taking a stand, wanting to walk, making phone calls, just being part of the organization. However you want to contribute or partake, you're more than welcome to do so. Visit them online at americansforprosperity.org. Again, americansforprosperity.org. Help fight for that American dream and reignite that American dream that's unfortunately slowly dwindling. Right now, we're hanging out with Larry Behrens. You can find him online at powerthefuture.com. Also, his book, Sabotage, How Joe Biden Surrendered the uh, surrendered American Energy Independence. In the last couple of minutes we have here, Larry, i got to ask you, looking at some of the European nations for a second, and how Germany and Great Britain and France were all panicked during this whole Ukraine-Russian conflict on what they were going to do uh, because their energy was going too expensive. They've started to go back to oil. Now they're being dependent as well on uh, OPEC and trying to buy from Russian oil. They kind of put themselves in that situation, and yet it seems like America's been lagging and behind the ball here because we're still doing the same things they're doing, not learning from their lessons. Yeah, it's a great point, Andy. It is. It's like watching the losing team and seeing their saying their strategy is the best way to go. That's what we're doing here in the United States. We are. We've seen them go down the road. We've seen it fail, and yet Joe Biden is still plowing ahead on it. Just you know, so folks know, and it's something I'm sure they already understand. But energy is absolutely economic driver, absolutely important to our budget and our way of life. But it is also something that gives us power on the world stage. Energy independent America is a stronger America. It is America that can help our allies, both in the Pacific and in Europe. And we've seen over the last two plus years, dictators use energy as a weapon. And so, yes, a nation can, you know, self-impose energy poverty very quickly. And there is a very steep price to pay for that. The first one is a monetary price. You pay more out of pocket. The second one is even worse. You start seeing blackouts. You start seeing that you don't have enough energy to do the things your country needs to do to survive. It doesn't make any sense that a nation would willingly give up its self-reliance for an ideology that has proven to be an absolute failure. And it really, really begs the question, who is pushing this ideology if it is not an America first ideology? Well, we know there's environmental movement. We are not always clear about who's sending them money. Mm, that's a great point. we got just about a minute, and a, la- a minute and a half left here as we wrap up. But uh, while they claim that we consume more energy, more resources than any other nation on the face of the earth because of how big we are, how much we have in population, is it also true because of our great, wonderful, free market, laissez-faire capitalist system that we have that while we may consume more than any other nation – We're also the most efficient at it because of our technology, because of our competition, and because of these energy companies and these oil companies being able to refine, to utilize every scrap that we have and be more efficient at using that resource than any other nation as well. Is that true? 
That is absolutely true, and I'll do you one better. We do it cleaner than any nation on the planet. We do it more environmentally sound. While uh, you know China's emissions are up through the roof, and uh, you know environmentalists told me this type of stuff is important. While their emissions are up through the roof, the United States emissions are down. And I'll just put another thing: don't let anyone tell you, oh, you use too much. They are trying to normalize energy poverty. Use what your family can afford. Use what is best for you. You are paying for every kilowatt. You are paying for everything that you use. Don't let anyone, especially someone from out of the country say, oh, United States, you're using too much. We're the United States of America. We are the land of plenty. And there are energy workers who work every day, day and night, don't take a day off to make sure that we have the energy that we need. And so don't let anyone tell you you're using too much. That's a great point. Absolutely. Because right now they're trying to tell us, well, if you use too much, it'll strain the electric grid. And then you may have some brownouts and blackouts in your area. So especially during the extreme heat and 110 degree weather, don't use that air conditioner. Set it at like 85 and you'll be fine. During the wintertime, don't use too much of that. Just make sure your, free- your pipes don't freeze. But other than that, we don't want you to like use a whole lot because that's a strain on the grid. Uh, it's a great point. If you can pay for it, you can use it because we have a system that was built for that expansion. I love it. Check them out online, powerthefuture.com. Also check out the book, Sabotage, How Joe Biden Surrendered American Energy Independence. Larry, we appreciate you coming on the show very much, my friend. Let's do this again real soon. What do you say? Uh, Sounds great, Andy. Stay cool. Hey, you as well, my friend. Good stuff. There it is. That does it for us today. Back at it again tomorrow. We'll set the tone for a weekend and on a Friday. Until then. Make sure to be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.